0: What are the things that you value as a couple and that you want for your home and your family over the next 10 years, 20 years, 50 years in your relationship? What are the values of the home? For some people it's family, for some people it's church, it's giving, it's a debt-free living.
1: Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and Devin Thompson, and on today's episode, we're continuing our series on the different stages of relationships from dating to pre-marriage to newly married, and then finally to long-term financial success. In this episode, we're going to be talking about being married and then having a purpose And how are you going to live out the rest of your life together, having that long-term success, both financially but also in your marriage?
0: So the first year of your marriage can be very busy. Uh, A lot of times there's some career transition happening. Uh, There's the first time that you're putting that budget together. You're putting your accounts together. You've got to set up life insurance for the first time. And you're finding a work-life balance in a completely new relationship. You're Mm -hmm. living together, you're under one roof, and you've got to start setting goals. And so the very first thing you want to do is combine those bank accounts Yes, because two people become one when marriage happens. And so you want your bank accounts in unity. You sleep in one bed, you have one bank account. All right. So the first thing you want to do is combine everything in that helps with accountability, communication, and making sure that both of you are on the same page Mm -hmm. with where the finances are at. Uh, From there, you want to make sure that you're setting up life insurance, and it's easy to do that. You can go to Google and type in Xander insurance and get term life quotes. Uh, We've got some great episodes on insurance, so check those out. Uh, Again, this is the time to begin setting that up. We typically recommend at least 10 times your annual salary in insurance. So if you earn $30,000 a year, you should have at least a $300,000 term life policy for 20 to 30 years, depending on your needs. If you earn $100,000 a year, you should have at least a million dollar policy. And if you've got kids, then you want to make sure that those term lengths allow those kids to grow up and be out of the house. So if you've got a one year old, you want to have them at least get through 18 years to where they're in college or maybe 22, 25 years. So you may want to do a 20 or a 30 year term on that insurance. But having that insurance in place so that if something happens to either one of you, the family is protected.
1: Now is the time to do that. There's no better time to do it because at your age in hopefully probably in your mid-20s is the time when you're going to be able to get the best and most life insurance coverage for the least amount of cost. Absolutely. Because yeah. later on, of course, you've got more ailing situations. Also your age, you're older and more likely to have uh, health issues, right? Yep. And so it becomes a little more expensive yeah. as you get older. So it's better to lock in a rate that's, you know, for a larger uh, insurance policy now, than when you're 35 or 40. And why not do a 20 or 30 now? And then that we have that smaller amount that you're paying right now for a longer period of time because you lock it in at that rate.
0: Yep. Yeah. And you can get insurance through your other insurance providers, whoever at your home and auto. But I recommend looking for a company that sells term life insurance and shopping it with multiple companies, finding a place where they'll quote it online and you can get multiple different comparisons at one time. Uh, so you can go to Google and find things on that. Uh, from there, you're going to start setting goals and you're going to begin dreaming together. Okay, let's talk about buying a home together. Mm. Uh, let's talk about car replacement, making sure that our next vehicle uh, is, we've already got savings for it by the time it comes into right. need. Right. Um, is one of you going to go back to school? I mean, sometimes that is an extremely important part uh, of, the, of your life journey. And so you say, hey, one of us is going to go to school while one of us works full time. Now
1: is the time to plan that. Now is the time to dream that out. I think that happens more often than not because I know with with us, Natalie went to school and got her college degree after we were married. And in fact, it was after we finished raising the kids from about one to about six years old. So, And then I also have friends who their spouses decided to go back to get their master's degree because it set them up for a better, uh, higher-paying career. Yeah. So that's very common. And if you're not planning for it, guess what? You're just going to take out a student loan, and that's not something you want to do. So yes, education is important, but you can pre-plan for it and start making that a goal. You don't have to do it this year. You can put it off for a year or two and then pay cash for it because that's going to keep you healthy financially, and you'll be able to stay on track for your goals of being able to reach every season and every mile mark of your financial journey.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's a ton of great statistics out there in looking at what the average income is for somebody with a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. It's typically around $35,000 a year. If you have some college, it jumps up to almost $40,000 a year if you actually get a college degree, it's over $40,000 a year. And then finally, if you get a master's degree, it steps up to somewhere around sixty-five to $70,000 a year. Yeah. And so with a bachelor's, I kind of jumped over that, but that's around 60000 So just realizing that this is a great long-term investment, but you want to sacrifice on living expenses and lifestyle in order to go chase that down. And now is the time where you dream about that and you begin to think, what do we want to do and why do we want to do it? Another great goal to be thinking about is, are we going to have kids soon? And if so, let's start saving a little bit for the medical costs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we want to have a nice overseas vacation? This is something that was really important to Ashley and I. And so we began saving. Now it took us a couple of years, but after saving and knocking out a few of our other goals, we were able to go on a really nice vacation uh, and spend ten days in France, and it nice. was beautiful. And so, begin thinking: this is a fun, this is a really fun time. Some of these things are going to be delayed gratification, but you can mm-hmm. start planning now, start setting the seeds in place, uh, and grow them over time. Your retirement savings, estate planning—now is the time to begin planning and setting some of those goals.
1: Absolutely. You know, the other obs- aspect of this is if you're blending your lives together that first year, is realizing that your dating life is going to look different than your married life. You know, when you're dating, it's a very social. You're going out either every night or every weekend. You're probably around people that are also single and dating. And those are your friends. That's who makes up your friends. And uh, after you get married, things will change, right? Chances are, when you get married, your friends may or may not be married. And if they're not married, and chances are they're not, if you're still single, you're hanging around single people. So what happens now is you can't really things change. I don't know why they do, but many times you just don't relate the it's same It's harder way. to relate. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to relate. You have a different life than they do. So now you begin to find friends that are married and realize that these married couples are different. They're now your peers. Uh they're likely living differently than you did as a single. Yep. They might have a home, right? Yeah. Well, they're... especially
0: if they've been married even a little
1: bit longer yes. than you have, yes. they may be
0: a little bit further down the road.
1: Right. And then the temptation comes in is I want to live like the people that I'm around with. Right, and new influences, be, new yeah, peers. Yeah, there may be that you continue to go out to eat all the time, or you continue to go out on dates every weekend. And that's great, you know, if it's possible and you make it part of a, a priority in your financial plan, it's great. Uh, a lot of times they'll realize that the choices, and this is part of the reason we're talking about setting goals, is that life has a tendency to just kind of happen. If we don't pre-plan, things just happen. So a car breaks down, we decide to buy a new one. We see our friends have a home and we think, well, we need to have a home. They invited us to our, their home. We feel bad inviting them to our drinking-dink apartment. And pretty soon you start having these pressures of of a married person and it can even feel like if you don't have a home, you're a failure. Like you're not growing up yet. Right, You know, and that's that really a, that's, is a pressure. That's a real pressure. But the decision for you to go from renting to owning a home can be financially very, very different. Uh, And and you're taking on a huge responsibility. And if you do it too soon, it could really financially set you back and and cause some situations and some problems financially long-term, so. Yeah. Leo and I have both counseled
0: people recently and talked through all of the expenses of owning a home mm-hmm. and not just the mortgage payment, but the taxes and the insurance and going through the electricity and the water and everything that boils into that house payment. There is there is a lot more than the average person is thinking. Oh, yeah. And so both of us and probably the last month have sat down and walked somebody through that equation and helped them have more peace about waiting to purchase a home. And kind of pulling away from that peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Because when you see everybody else going out and buying a home, and most people are not doing it with good financial decision making, Mm -hmm. uh, the vast majority of people are taking on too much debt too early in their life, and then they're hoping they can make it. And a lot of times, if they go from a dual income down to one income for a health reason, for um, uh, they have kids, anything changes. It can totally wreck their finances because they weren't really prepared. And so just because somebody else is buying a home, don't let that be something that drives you off the cliff in purchasing a home as well.
1: I think the key word here is margin. Anytime you either do away with your margin or your margin decreases, it's going to make you feel more stressed. It's going to bring anxiety into your financial situation and in your relationship because there's not as much room to be able to do the things that you were doing before. You know, we talked about dating. I know when Natalie and I were first dating, we dated and we went out at least two, three times a week, especially on the weekends. We would just spend the whole weekend together, right? That's why she thought you were rich, Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. I just, I wanted to be with her all the time and she did the same. But when we got married and now I'm working and finishing up a year of college because I have one more year left and she's working, you know, the date night and the expenses that we had now that we're living in an apartment we have bills and all those things it took away some of that margin that we had that was our spending because we were both living at home and we didn't have to worry about rent so when that happened all of a sudden we didn't have the resources to do the same thing so all of a sudden you go from having a really nice fun time to like we can't go out to eat because we don't have the money or we can't go on a date because we don't have the money and what we're saying is if you take that step to buy a home or buy a new car or two realize that you're really trading your ability to just be able to hang out together and enjoy that first year and really bind your marriage together by spending a lot of time together. Yeah. Because you're making two or three choices that are going to cripple you from being able to really live a comfortable life. Yeah. And I think it's so important to just delay that, to not jump into a huge financial expense like a home or expensive cars and car payments uh, and give up that that freedom that you have early on to enjoy before yeah. kids come before the career becomes you know taxing and you're having to find that balance between home and, and work life and i think that first year really not need to protect it yeah because it really does bond you together and helps you to really form a strong bond you are combining two people into one and sometimes that can be difficult so remove all the distractions don't let the financial pressure uh, that other people like your friends who are making these decisions don't let them influence you to make a bad decision. Uh, I think it's like, uh, there's a video on YouTube about lemmings, how they, you know, and lemmings are just like little small rodents and they just jump off a cliff into the water thinking it's just a small river, they're gonna be able to swim to the other side. But in the end, they're jumping in the ocean. And, you know, it's a mass suicide basically what happens. And sometimes I think when I look at the the direction that people are going, I think that that it's like lemmings, you know, we're just gonna do what everybody else is doing. And and I've learned to see that as a as a warning. When I see everybody doing the same thing. Everybody's jumping into housing, everybody's jumping into the market, everybody's buying stocks, everybody's buying I, I think you have to pause and say, if everybody's doing it, is it really smart? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, because you have that herd mentality yes. where you see everybody going the same direction and then you start to get a little bit of greed and thinking, well, I don't want to miss out, the right. fear of missing out on what they're getting. So it's either greed or it's fear of missing out. Yeah. And either, either way, way you're the motivation is wrong. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. And right. so so don't be a lemming. Uh, go back and listen to episode 24 and 25 mm-hmm. of Getting Money Right and listen to Leo and I walk through the how the home buying process and what it is you need to have in place the peer pressure is not worth throwing yourself over a cliff.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: So the next thing that you want to do uh, when you're beginning to fight off this peer pressure and you're beginning your marriage is you want to take on a team mentality. Mm -hmm. And Leo and I got this from the Sharing Your Heart, Sharing Your Treasure book that Russell Baxter wrote. And we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago and really love reading his book and going through this content. And he said, you want to have a team home and a team home doesn't look at other teams. (laughs) That's right. You don't start the game by staring at the team across from you and saying, oh, I wish we were like them. I wish we had that player. I wish we had this thing in our house. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Our team is going to play our game. We're going to focus on our strategy, and we're going to do it our way. We're going to come up with plans and goals based on our values, and we're going to live those out. We're not going to compare ourselves to the team next door and try to do what they're doing. The next thing that you want to do is make sure that the team cares more about the team than the individual. Yes. And you can't fall to the place where it's all about me and all about mine and my wants and my desires. Mm -hmm. This is we are in it together and our home and our budget and our plan. The team is more important than the individual.
1: Yeah. Also, number three is don't beat up a player who makes a mistake. You know, shaming your partner, your spouse in this process is not going to yield any good result. So my desire is that my wife would come alongside me and help me when I make a mistake. Cuz I'm prone to make mistakes. I've made them before and she's made mistakes before. But if I come with a hey you're, you know, you're substandard to me and here's the right way to do it, well that that's not a win. That's a lose on both fronts. If I win an argument, I really lose when I'm winning an argument in marriage, I'm really losing. Yeah. because the other person's not my opponent they're my teammate. So it's so important that you understand, it may feel good in the moment, but it would cost the team the overall victory, and it will dissolve the internal trust that you have. So it's really important that you realize that it's okay to make mistakes. We all make it. But make sure that you keep the team together by not working against your teammate
0: yeah and i'm gonna make more mistakes than ashley does so i'd prefer to not give her a hard time when she makes a mistake because i know (laughs) that that reciprocation will not be comfortable and and it dissolves the internal trust so i want her to trust me when i make a mistake and i'm gonna trust her when she makes a mistake um, all right. A team home meets together frequently. Yes. This teams, is so important. Teams gather. They sit down. They have a game plan. They have a strategy. So in our team home, Ashley and I sit down at least once a month and go mm. over the whole budget. Right. And we go through the expenses, everything that we spent that month, what we're planning to do the next month. That's we good. make sure all the accounts are up to date. And so we meet frequently to make sure the team is on pace.
1: That's so, so good. So number five, this is the last one that we're going to cover, is keeping your eye on the prize, right? David talked about setting goals, all these things that you want to do. And the only way you're going to have a team home is when you just focus on where you're going. Don't allow others to influence you where you're going. Just keep your eyes on the prize. You will reach your goals if you stick to your plan and you work together as a team.
0: So the next thing that you want to do is you're beginning your relationship together is discover your family's values. Mm. What are the things that you value as a couple and that you want for your home and your family over the next 10 years, 20 years, right. 50 years in your relationship? what are the values of the home? For some people, it's family. For some people, it's church. It's giving. It's a debt-free living. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a great values list that we got from a good group called Kingdom Advisors. And so we're going to put this values list up on leosebo.com in the show notes. And you can go through and highlight what are the values that are important to you. And so uh, we've got a huge list here, but uh, maybe one of you values adventure. Mm and this sense of wonder that we're going to go do something new and fresh uh, once a month yeah. once a quarter like we're going to go visit a new restaurant or we're going to go travel to the next city over and experience something new
1: or the next continent over or
0: the next continent over but I mean, we're going to go to it's, Paris it's for gonna ten take days finances right going yeah. to get it done it's going to take finances so but if you know that that's part of your spouse's values then you can begin to put a plan in place based
1: on those values
0: right uh, what's another one Leo
1: Another one, a big one, is contentment, right? I mean, if if you don't find contentment in your lifestyle, in your marriage, then money will never satisfy. It it doesn't matter how much you have. You'll just go from one item to another, to a bigger house, to a bigger car, to whatever. You you name it. Contentment is not uh, something that you just receive. It's something you learn, and it's based on looking at your situation and making decisions. What do I value, and how do I accomplish those values. So contentment, it is a value, but it's also, it's an indication that you have set a certain uh, priority to how you're going to do what you're going to do, and then you just focus on that and don't let anything, you know, take you off of that path.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Another good value on here is a devoutness. And are you devoted to one another, Mm -hmm. uh, or are you devoted to a certain cause? Because that's a family value that we're devoted to um, the cause of Christianity and spreading the gospel. It's going to change the way we live. Sure. If we're devoted to taking care of puppies... It's going to change the way we live. I mean, the, our, we're going to have a bigger home with a bigger yard. I whatever you're devoted to right. is going to impact. So maybe that's one of your family values is a level of devotion to something. It's great to go through and highlight these values and see,
1: okay, what what do we really want to base our lifestyle on? Yeah, and generosity goes along with that, right? Because yes. if you have these uh, devotions to support certain areas of 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 our society whether it's you know an organization or cause then it's going to mean that you're going to look at your finances in a way that you can break off a certain portion to devote to these causes yeah so another one is health you know this is a pretty big one because depending on what how you see your health it could be something as simple as hey i just want to consistently get involved in some kind of activity like a sport or i want to have a gym membership where i'm constantly you know able to go back and and, and stay healthy but then it could also mean the kind of food you're concerned, yep. right? If, yep. you're, if you really want to be healthy and you believe that, hey, everything gluten-free, everything organic is, is what I want and it's a value of mine, well, that's going to make a big difference in how much money you spend in that area of your, yeah. of your budget. Your
0: groceries may go up and you may have to lower another category. Exactly.
1: So, so again, these values dictate how much you spend in these different areas so it's important that you identify them rather than just spend the money and then wonder why is it that we cannot get by or yeah. why is it that we're getting in a debt yeah and here's what i i would say is these values are important because they identify the things that matter the most to you but if you don't clearly identify them then you're going to spend money equally in any area based on reaction rather than forethought and pre uh, preparedness right just ahead of time thinking, this is what we're going to do. And that's what a budget allows you to do, right? It allows you to put the kinds of resources to these areas that you value the most. And that way you're not spending and squandering your money on things that you value less, that are not as important to you. So that's why we're making such a big deal as these values, that it allows you to to think through these things and then put a plan of action based on these things.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna read some of these quickly so you get a feel for what these values are, and then you go through the list and you highlight your own. So accountability, accuracy, achievement, adventure, uh, assertiveness, balance, belonging, calmness, cheerfulness, commitment, community. You'll go through this list and you'll highlight the ones that are important to you And even as we're just talking through some of these, maybe there's words that are coming to your mind, Mm. things that are important in your life that you say, hey, when I sit down with my spouse, I want to make sure that our lives are based on these values. And your spouse is going to have a few other values to add into that. And you want to create a new family together in unity around those family values. Mm -hmm. So we want to put these in place. And then we want to look out, okay, what does our family look like 10 years from now? because we live based on these values and begin to paint a picture of a vision of the future that says 10 years from now, because we're living with health as a family value, we have Uh, we're more physically fit, we're more spiritually healthy, we're more relationally healthy, Uh, our food looks different in our pantry 10 days from now than it does today, 10 years from now than it does today. So, So you want to kind of vision cast a little bit and say, what are these things going to influence in our lives in a very practical and
1: physical way? Yeah, that's really good. So in the time that we have left, David and I would like to touch on four dangers, major dangers to watch out for in marriage. Because again, our purpose is for you to have a long-term financial and marriage success. So number one would be disrespect of your spouse's input in the finances. This is a huge one. Again, you're working together as a team. If you don't value and go to the extent of disrespecting their input by just simply dismissing it, you know, they may say something that you're like, that, no, I, I know better. And I've done that, unfortunately. And I know how it stunted our ability to really get financially at a strong, healthy place because I would make decisions that were not with my wife's input. So I just encourage you: uh, be united. Just don't don't dismiss what your spouse says. And it, they may not be a numbers person. They may not even be financially uh, trained or financially um, driven, or or even want to talk about finance so much. But I, I've found that even though a person may not, because I've counseled a lot of people, and I've found that most women are not really financially focused. I mean, they really don't care about money as far as wanting to know how to manage it or, or uh, they don't have a training in it. But yet, many times when I'm sitting in a counseling session with couples, the wife will say something that will have so much wisdom. And it's not based on knowledge. It's based on a feeling sometimes. They just know that that decision going in that direction just doesn't feel right, and you can't ignore that. There's many times when my wife just said, "I don't, I don't feel right about this," and I'm like, "I did the math. Like, what are you talking about?" And she's like, "I don't know. I just don't feel right." And if I dismissed it, unfortunately, I paid the consequences. When I listened to it, it saved us. So again, don't disrespect your spouse's input. In your finances.
0: Yeah. So don't disrespect your spouse's input. The second is a dominance in money or money-making decisions. This is a danger that you have to watch out for. Don't right. let dominance in making money-making decisions happen. Uh, a lot of times this stems from a my money mentality. Right. Uh, I earned this money, therefore I can make the decision that I want, when I want, what makes me feel good. And you'll have uh, couples that get married, and one person maintains their bank accounts, and mm-hmm. the other person maintains their bank accounts, and it's my money, and I can do what I want with it. And all of a sudden, there's a dominance. And what if one person stays at home, and the other person earns more money, right. and now it's like, well, I'm going to tell you what we do with our finances. Right, right. Uh, And then even on the flip side, what if one person's earning all the money, but the person staying at home is managing the budget and starts to dominate the decision making and doesn't let the income earner in on the situation? Mm. It really doesn't matter who earns the income and how it's budgeted. It matters that we're in unity and that together we're making these decisions. Um, Now, one of the main reasons for dominance in money is the feeling that your spouse is out of control. And if you've gotten to the place where you don't feel like you can trust your spouse, then it's time to bring in professional help. Mm. It's time to go to a class first and foremost, and then bring in a professional counselor, sit down one-on-one with a pastor or a leader, somebody that you trust in your life. And then from there on to professional psychological counseling, because if you can't trust your spouse with finances... Mm.
1: Money's not your biggest problem.
0: Money's not your biggest problem. There's so many more trust issues underlying that, that the financial trust issues are just a symptom. There's a deeper root that needs to be dealt with.
1: Yeah, another part of this dominance in making financial decisions is the disagreement on financial decisions. And I think most of this comes from either not clearly identifying priorities and, and having priorities together, or not understanding what your values are. And that goes back to what we said earlier sit down and decide what your values are. That way you can set your priorities and then you can live and abide by those because you've already agreed. And then there's no division and there's no, no one needs to dominate right. over the situation because it's a common agreement and both of you are gonna, are gonna do it together
0: hmm The next danger is the absence of a budget and mm-hmm. long-range goals. Uh, so if you don't have a budget or long-range goals, you're in the danger zone. Yes, you are. And if you've been listening to Getting Money Right for more than a minute, then you probably understand the importance of a budget because Leo and I have walked on this in almost every episode, emphasizing it, talking about it. Um, the advantages of a budget are vast. First, financial decisions in advance with the facts will remove the emotional decisions and the buying emotions Mm -hmm. in the moment. So if I'm going to purchase a car, but I know what I can afford based on facts and having a budget in place, it's going to change what I purchased versus if I just went to the car lot and got sold Mm -hmm. in the moment and based on emotions made a decision. So having that budget in place gives you a huge advantage. Yeah.
1: That's good. Another one is that it forces you to discuss and agree on values, priorities, and personal preferences, right? As you're building your budget, you have to talk about what's important, what's important to you and why. And therefore, you're going to build your budget based on these values and priorities, which is going to make it run smooth.
0: Yep. It provides a basis for accountability, and it builds trust in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is something that a a lot of young couples and newly married couples at any age um, sometimes struggle to understand, is that when you build a budget together, there is a trust that we have made an agreement on Mm -hmm. this document, Mm -hmm. and if one person violates the agreement in the document, they violated the person's trust. Yes. And so to say, oh well, you know, I overspent in the clothing category. What's the big deal? Or I overspent in uh, the food or the whatever category. The big deal is that you violated trust. Right. And this this budget gives you accountability and the opportunity to be a grown up and honor your word when you sit down with your spouse. And you build the budget, so don't agree to something that you can't live with, right? right, right so, so the the 100% buy-in. Right. So if, if, the, budget to, right. So if the budget needs to be adjusted, make adjustments. But you have to do that together, and then you've got to stick to the new plan.
1: Yeah, very good. And another advantage of a budget is uh, conflict is more manageable when you've done it in a more proactive way rather than a reactive way. It remove the blame game. You don't have to yeah. say, well, you did this, and I did that, and you agreed to this. It's right there in black and white. You have put it on paper. And listen, mistakes are going to be made and challenges are going to be in front of you. But when you have a budget in place that you've both bought into 100%, you're doing your best, then when conflict arises, you can manage it because you have a platform to be able to agree from rather than you're on opposite ends of a spectrum. So it's really important that you understand these advantages of a budget. And so important that you have one. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to really reach your long-term potential without having a budget in place.
0: Yeah. Well, the fourth and final major danger to watch out for in marriage is debt. Yes. Carrying debt, living with debt, being okay with that, And so there are three ways to avoid really damaging debt that we recommend to you. First, only borrow for appreciable assets. These are assets that are appreciating that are growing in value. Your home, over time, typically in the United States, appreciates in value. doesn't yes. mean you rely on it as an investment, but it does mean that if you borrow to purchase a home, usually if you have to get out of that loan, you can sell the asset because it's worth the same or more than when you bought it. Right. So don't borrow uh, other than for appreciable assets. Save money and live within your means. This is a big one. This is huge. This is that margin that Leo and I were talking about. And, and having margin in the first year of marriage, it allows you to go out for date night and ice cream. It mm-hmm. allows you uh, to not worry if you want to go have a weekend away. It allows you to not worry if something goes wrong in the new apartment or the new house and you need to fix something. It just takes all the pressure off. So living well below your means, even if the home isn't as nice or the apartment isn't as nice or the car is not as nice, just the margin will bring a level of safety and security.
1: Yeah, and another way to avoid... Uh, the the effects that debt can have, the damaging effects is is to downsize. You know sometimes you have to take a step back and say, "Is this debt and whatever asset I bought, whatever I wouldn't say asset, whatever material thing I bought, is it necessary? Yeah, for me to experience this kind of stress? Is it really worth it? And I'll tell you, I, this is one of the things that I always encourage p- people that I coach that if they have some assets, things they can sell in order to improve their financial situation, I always tell them this: this is the fastest way to financial peace. Get rid of some stuff, get rid of the debt, and if you have to downsize for a season to pay off your debt, then absolutely take advantage of that. Well,
0: I want to end with a verse from Ecclesiastes, and this is Solomon, one of the wisest people to ever live, is writing, and he says that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Marriage is so important, Mm. and it is such a blessing that when you fall, you have someone to lift you up. Yeah,
1: I love that. Unity is key. You know, pronouns matter. Two becoming one flesh. This is important. You're not one person anymore you are part of another human being. And that person not only completes you in the physical sense, but in the emotional sense in every other way. And this happens spiritually right away with marriage, but it doesn't happen physically right away. So it's important that you work at it, that you put in the effort that's necessary to bring that unity. So we hope that what we shared with you in the last three episodes will help you to have a strong and successful marriage and is strong in financial life.
0: Yes, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We wanna say thank you for joining us. I encourage you to go to leosebo.com and look at the budget like a ninja video course. Uh, Check that out, download the budgeting tool, check out the debt snowball. All of these resources are gonna help you get on the same page with your spouse. Go and download the values tools that we're giving you. What are your family values and how do you articulate that and communicate on it? Print it out, go out for coffee with your spouse or the person that you're dating, and hopefully you're not dating someone while you have a spouse. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> this, <hope> is, not. <laughs> this is either you're dating someone or you have a spouse in this scenario. <laughs> and so you're going to coffee, highlighting those values. Uh, check out stewardshippastors.com. Uh, the book Jesus on Money is coming out soon. And so get a copy of Jesus on Money. You can pre order it. And in that book, we're just going to walk through everything that Jesus said about money, and that'll help formulate some. of the values in your home and in your household as well. Mm. Uh, There's a ton of great resources out there, and Leo and I keep building and growing and sharing things. And as we share it with you, would you do us a favor and share it with others? Yes. Uh, Will you email it to someone? Will you pass on the link? Will you go on your Facebook page and share the link from Leo Sabo's uh, Facebook page, from the Getting Money Right Facebook page? Will you help others find the material and the content? Literally, just take the episode that you're listening to now, and click on the share link and text it to your best friend. And just say, hey, I've been listening to this. Uh, think this was a fun episode. You should check it out. And let other people know about what we're doing. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with other people. Send us a message on uh, social media. And we look forward to having you join us next week. So together, we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. Money right.
1: Another one is that it forces you to discuss and agree on values, priorities, and personal preferences, right? As you're building your budget, you have to talk about what's important, what's important to you and why, and therefore you're going to build your budget based on these values and priorities, which is going to make it run smooth.